Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibut First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Two stories this week. Another chance for the Halibut to join the Assembly of First Nations. Will the band make the leap? More on that later. But first, a footnote on that somewhat bizarre story last week regarding documents related to the indemnity agreement between the FNI slash Halibut and the Feds. Evidently, there's a leaker in the Halibut House. Another sign, perhaps, of the dysfunctionality of Halibut Council heading into the next band election. Of course, it was well known there was an indemnity agreement. Members of Halibut Council said it was just that agreement that stopped them from speaking out against the notorious supplemental agreement. The two deals, indemnity and supplemental, were signed mere days apart in return for being off the hook for any lawsuits from the supplemental agreement. Halibut and the FNI guaranteed they would not admit there was anything wrong with the supplemental agreement. Now, a couple of weeks ago, CBC reported on the contents of the actual indemnity agreement, and then there appeared on the Newfoundland Supreme Court docket the intriguing case of Halibut versus CBC. What was that about? Mi'kmaq Matters wondered. It appears that CBC had not only the indemnity agreement, a correspondence between Halibut FNI and its lawyer about the indemnity agreement. It was one thing for the cover to be blown on the indemnity agreement, quite another for legal advice from its lawyer to get out there. So Halibut slash FNI went to court to stop that from happening. But almost as soon as it appeared on the court docket, it vanished. The matter has been resolved, CBC told us. The CBC probably saw the writing on the wall. Communications between lawyers and their clients are vigorously protected by the courts, and it was unlikely CBC would have been given the okay to disclose the information. David Rosenfeld, lawyer in the Jerry Brake case, had raised the indemnity agreement with the federal court, but as he explains, he didn't get very far. He also told me the principle of solicitor-client privilege is pretty central to our system of law. I asked whether such an indemnity agreement existed and if it existed to produce it. Um, and the response was they, they refused, they, um, the Federation of Newfoundland Indians refused to answer those questions. And then we brought a motion uh, for the court to compel them to answer those questions, whether it exists and if it exists to produce it. And the FNI again, you know, uh, um, opposed that motion, and so did the Attorney General of Canada. So in that proceeding, you didn't, not only did you not get the indemnity agreement, but you did not get confirmation that such an agreement existed. That's correct. Uh, And to clarify, you weren't asking for any ancillary documents related to the indemnity agreement. You You were asking, A, whether the agreement existed, and B, for production of the agreement per se, and not any um, thing related to that agreement. Yeah, that, I think that was my. Uh, the questions were limited to that. I'm not sure what the ancillary documents you're referring to. I, I think from a, a previous discussion, it's about some some correspondence of a lawyer. I think is what you referred mm-hmm. to. Yeah, I mean, I, 
no, the, the, the requests in the litigation were for whether an indemnity agreement existed and to produce a copy of that agreement. Yes. And generally speaking, uh, not only to do with this indemnity agreement, but generally the, the courts take solicitor-client privilege very seriously, and it's hard to penetrate uh, solicitor-client privilege as a general rule. Yeah, I mean, communications of, of legal advice between a client and a, and, a, and a lawyer, yeah, those are privileged and, and would not be producible in litigation. I, I would say as a, as a, a general rule and a fairly a hard rule, at, at law. Yes. And that's for the proper functioning of, of our legal system. And so it would be very difficult to to circumvent that. Because when people are getting advice from their lawyer, they want to make sure that it's confidential and they don't have to worry about that advice becoming public at a, at a later point in time. Otherwise... Right, among many other reasons. Uh, and, and I mean, to one point, the, the privilege is the client. So the client um, can decide what it wants to do with that privilege. And right. So it can waive the privilege it wants to or it can keep the privilege and and not have to disclose anything about the discussions with this lawyer. And I'm not sure why it should have to. So what's the takeaway from this weird little saga involving someone, it seems, on Halibu Council leaking highly sensitive legal advice to a reporter? It's a sign of the divide on council between supporters of Chief Brendan Mitchell and three or four others on council. That's one thing. But in another little wrinkle, Halibu went ahead and released the indemnity agreement itself on its website after the court case disappeared. In the interests of transparency, the band said in an explanatory article, the openness was somewhat out of character for Halibu which tends to circle the wagons and say nothing about the very slags against the band on Facebook and elsewhere. Perhaps Halibu has come to realize that when it says nothing, others fill in the blanks, sometimes accurately and sometimes not. We've reported from time to time on moves to get Halibu into the Assembly of First Nations, the major indigenous lobbying group in Canada. Currently, Halibu is in another organization, the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples. CAP, as anyone who follows Indian politics knows, is marginal, discredited, and has zero political influence. And its affiliates are mostly non-status Indians. But there... Alibu remains. Partly it's nostalgia. The Federation of Newfoundland Indians was part of CAP for many years before formation of the Halibu Band. In CAP, Halibu is a big fish in a small pond, by far the largest affiliate and the only status band. Now, not everyone in the AFN supports Halibu coming in as members. The 13 Nova Scotia Mi'kmaq bands grouped into a subset of the AFN called the Atlantic Policy Congress, has forever resented the existence of Halibu. The Nova Scotia chiefs feel it's not okay for Canada to recognize a Mi'kmaq band bigger than all the others in Atlantic Canada with no consultation with them. When Halibu Chief Brendan Mitchell went to see the APC last year looking for support on the enrollment issue, he did not get a friendly reception, and he hasn't been back. 
But Morley Gugu, the AFN's Atlantic Regional Chief, has been supportive of Halibut joining and things that could be done. Here's what he told Mi'kmaq Matters last year. I commend Chief Mitchell for coming and Chief Michelle supporting him at, to come to the Atlantic Policy Congress uh, to provide information of the Halibut Band um, and reach out for um, its colleagues to uh, provide continuous support and recognition. Um, and um, that's what a leader does, and I commend Mitchell for uh, doing that. I invited him to our AFN meeting in December, uh, and I'll invite him again in July because I think it's important for him to continue to uh, be in those places, you know, and uh, uh, be just like any other community um, across Canada. And that's going to take time in some cases, and uh, um, and it's going to take a, a strong leadership to continue advocating and uh, find the community's rightful place. Recently, AFN National Chief Perry Belgard talked about the halibut with the other Newfoundland Mi'kmaq chief, Mazelle Joe of Mailbagag in Con River. Belgard is facing election challengers and was calling Chief Joe to ask for his vote. When Chief Joe raised the issue of the halibut, Belgard was encouraging. But when Chief Joe's talk with Belgard came up at the last halibut band council meeting, Councillor Brian Dix threw cold water on the idea of joining the AFN, referring to the lack of influence Halibut would have in the AFN compared to CAP, where there are players. But Chief Joe tells me he'll be promoting Halibut membership again when he meets the Nova Scotia Chiefs at the APC later this month. He says Halibut membership would open the way for an AFN regional chief dedicated to Newfoundland and a Newfoundland spot on the AFN executive. Chief Joe's band, together with Halibut, have more members than all the 13 Nova Scotia Mi'kmaq bands. But Newfoundland Mi'kmaq have far less political influence, in part because they don't have a political infrastructure. That will change somewhat in the coming few weeks, with the establishment of a joint reconciliation office, whose mandate will be to lobby the federal and provincial governments on behalf of Halibut and Meowbagag. It'll be the first of its kind for Newfoundland Mi'kmaq. It builds on a joint association called MAMCA, through which the two bands are involved in commercial aquatic activities. Chief Joe filled me in on the latest political developments on the drive from Con River to St. John's. Now, one matter that we've talked about uh, from time to time is, um, is the possibility of Halibut joining AFN leaving CAP, the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples, where they are now. And uh, I understand that you've had uh, discussions with National Chief Perry Belgard about the, the possibility and the process uh, for Halibut joining. And what, what can you tell us about that? Well, when I, when I spoke to uh, Belgard some time ago, he called me and uh, I mentioned that uh, the Halibut band may want to be part of the, the deportation. So he said, well, it's just as simple as writing a letter to, to himself and that would turn the process. Now, I don't know, it sounds like a rather too simple because I had thought that it had to go to the floor in a motion and to be voted on by the membership. But uh, anyway, in any case, I passed the information on to uh, 
And whether he followed up with that, I don't know. And uh, now he's up for election in July, and I suppose um, you know he's uh, he's looking he's looking for votes. So I suppose um, you know you being uh, a well-known chief uh, in the AFN, I suppose there's uh, you know you could put the politics uh, to your advantage uh, in July if the if a vote were to uh, come to the floor at that meeting. Well, it's possible, uh, it, was, it was strictly just a uh, meeting for, uh, for voting. Uh, I don't think you'd be able to put a motion to the floor at that time. I'm not sure, I'll have to pick it up. But I'm going to be at that meeting anyway. Now, my, my election is in, uh, in June, June, 4, June 5th. And, uh, I may not still be the chief, that's it, I don't know. Is anyone, is anyone running against you? Well, I haven't heard anything yet. I mean, lots of rumors around, but nothing that I've heard that the thing that's always raised about uh, Halibut and AFN are the Nova Scotia chiefs. These uh, 13 chiefs in Nova Scotia who uh, were not happy when the Halibut uh, was formed in such uh, big numbers, and the expectation is that they would not be supportive of uh, a motion to admit Halibut into the AFN. Do you think that would be a problem? Well, my, my way of thinking is that there are 13 chiefs in Nova Scotia, and uh, there are 650 odd bands that go across the country. So uh, when, when the motion goes forward, it's discussed, and the person putting the motion forward, the would have to speak on it. Uh, if you make a good enough case and it goes to a vote, uh, well, you have 13 bands against uh, the rest of the nation. So I don't know where that would make a difference. It's, it's, so if the AFN wants to have more people uh, compete to the AFN, well, they would look at that. I don't think it's going to, anyone from Nova Scotia is going to be able to push that if they want to. If the willingness, the willingness is there to accept another bank, that's my way I see it. So, and, and who would uh, who would put the motion forward? That motion come from you? Or would you stand? Would you move it and stand up and speak to it? I certainly would, would do that. It could come from an, uh, any other area. And I, I would certainly do that if Chief Juan uh, Beach did that, I would do it. But first we need to do some lobby work. And uh, the, do you think there's any point in lobbying uh, the Nova Scotia Chiefs? Is there any way to change their mind? Or you would just uh, assume that they would be 13 votes against and you would look elsewhere for support? I, I would never make that kind of assumption because there are uh, people out there that are good people and I'm sure uh, no skin off your nose if the AFN takes on uh, another chief comes out of the new plan, which I think is, is needed anyway. So, you know, certainly at the all chiefs meeting, uh, the end of this month, I'm always speaking to that anyway. This is the all chiefs meeting of what, of the AFN? Uh, and, you know, the FEC, the planning call. And I'm going to be at that one, I'm going to raise that as an issue. Uh, I'll only do that, of course, if, if Chief Mitchell uh, agrees that I would never do anything like that on my own. I mean, it'd be interesting if uh, Halibut uh, were part of the AFN and we would have Mayobagay, we would have, uh, I guess, uh, more than uh, well up in 20,000 some um, uh, First Nations people in Newfoundland. And uh, I suppose that opens up the possibility of having a regional chief for 
Newfoundland with those uh, with those numbers. Do you think that's a possibility of Halibut we're in? That is, that is a possibility, and again, that's something I would have to go to the oil off the most in the AFS, instead of a regional case in Newfoundland. But with all the Newfoundland Aboriginal people, we have actually more big mom people in Newfoundland here in all of Atlantic Canada. We talked about that number of times. I've talked about that with the chief fiscal number of times. That's something that we need to look at in the future. It's nothing against the Morning Group with the regional chief now, but uh, you know, he's got a trade band that he has to look after in uh, Nova Scotia. And, uh, you know, one, one band in Newfoundland is not really, but uh, we see it as being uh, fair to us. No. To change uh, topics, uh, there has been discussion of Halibu and Melbegay getting together on a reconciliation uh, office, and, and this would be an office that I understand the mandate would be to deal with um, deal with the relationship uh, with Canada uh, jointly, and to lobby uh, Canada on um, Newfoundland Mi'kmaq concerns. Is that would, is that the correct statement of the mandate? Most uh, not good, yeah, and not only in Canada, of course, it also deals with other issues with only with the province. So the only, the only thing we've got left to do at this stage is to uh, decide what we're going to call this organization, uh, whether or not we're going to have two offices based on what it would be part of the one in That's That motion of already moving on that one. It's a matter of time that it will be set up. I see. And uh, so, when do you think uh, this uh, reconciliation office would actually would be in operation? I'm hoping that sometime this, if not this summer, it's early fall. I see. So this this provides some formal structure to the uh, to the Halibu um uh, relationship. Uh, you've worked together on lots of things before now, but there's been no you ha don't have a formal infrastructure. Well, we do on, under the Bandcamp board. We do. Uh, that deals with uh, strictly aquatic, but uh, nevertheless, we still have this uh, incredible board of people between the Malibu and uh, Kalibu band that deals with uh, aquatic things that uh, we, we're both uh, dealing with in separate friends' islands. So we meet periodically with, uh, among ourselves, we meet periodically with DFO and the armchair discussion. We all deal with the guardians. Program, River Guardian Program, we deal with the uh, species unrest program, uh, we deal with the environmental issues, uh, you know, a number of things that we do as a partnership under the, under the Mavigate Board. So we already have an incredible board uh, partnership anyway, so it would follow along those same lines as uh, the partnership. If you're going to have two offices, can we assume there's going to be one staff person in each office, or what would the staffing be like? That's, that's something that, that we'll have to sort out in the next little while. Chief Mazel Joe. Two notes before we go. The next regular Halibut Chief and Council meeting is this Saturday, May 12th at 10 a.m. in Cornerbrook. And Mi'kmaq Matters will be live this Thursday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Newfoundland time on Bay of Islands Radio. 100.1 FM or BOIR.ca. And that's it for the show. Allison Baker is the technical producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. 
Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on the Voice of Bombay in Norris Point and Rocky Harbor and in St. John's. Catch us on CHMR. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.